You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Theresa May's conservative government is facing a non-confidence vote after her Brexit divorce deal was crushingly defeated, 432 to 202. It was the worst defeat in history for a British government. And now there is huge uncertainty about the future and predictions of shortages, hoarding, uh, craziness at the border, and uh, ultimately damage to the UK economy. And, of course, there is the question of whether this will affect us. Uh, if uh, you're in touch with your British relatives or you have an opinion on this, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we are going to Michael Tobe, public affairs analyst and political commentator. Hey, Michael. Hey, Libby, how are you? Fine. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Now, I, I'm probably way behind on this, but I'm taking a look at this. I'm thinking, like, why the heck was this a free vote? <laughs> Wasn't that a mistake or did she have to? Well, you know, there have been a lot of mistakes that have been made by the Tories under the last two prime ministers, David Cameron and now Theresa May, in terms of the way they've handled the Brexit vote in the beginning. But Free votes are not atypical in Britain, um, especially on a vote of this magnitude, where Britain will be taking themselves out of the European Union. A free vote seems to be the most logical thing, rather than a whipped vote, which is a lot of what we have, say, in Canada, where basically parties vote along the actual political lines that you would expect. Tories voting for Tories, Liberals voting for Liberals, etc. Um, so, yeah, in, in, in hindsight, it is, as hindsight is always twenty twenty. if you look back on it, it probably would have been wiser to have a whip vote. But um, I guess, if nothing else, what it sort of shows is that the confusion and issues that have happened since Brexit was voted in favor of two years ago by a small margin by, you know, by the people who opted to vote in the U.K. and had the right to do so, It just shows that, unfortunately, there are just a lot of different points of view about this issue. People really don't know exactly how they want to go in terms of Brexit. This is going to be coming through in March, unless something of some magnitude changes in the next few days, which would either lead to a second referendum or something of that nature. Or an extension. And if that were to happen, God knows how Britain would be. I'm sorry? Or or an extension. I mean, now they're saying, oh, they're going to ask for an extension, but, but there's no, why would Europe give them an extension? Well, that's just it. Europe has actually already said this week, Libby, that they are not going to give them an extension. Now, this doesn't mean that the, the Tories and the, and the Britain itself cannot ask for one yet again. They can ask for it as many times as they wish. But right now, as things currently stand, Theresa May faces a vote of no confidence in the House of Commons which she'll probably most likely survive, but it'll still weaken her leadership. She can't be actually turfed out as leader because she's already faced a leadership review in the UK and was approved by the Tory caucus. A leadership review is basically where your caucus can call you back and basically have a vote of confidence about your leadership right yeah, there no, and we, then. We, we have those here, too. We uh, do. We, yeah. don't, we don't use them, though, as frequently anymore. Like, leadership reviews or spills, as they're called in Australia, 
are le- are less used in Canada than they were several decades ago. But you're right, they certainly do exist here. But the rule in the UK is that if you survive one, it doesn't matter which party, you don't have to face another leadership review for a year. So no matter what, the only way to get rid of Theresa May is for her to step down. That's the only way it's going to happen. And in terms of Brexit, basically, if, if everything goes to plan, she survives a no-confidence vote, she doesn't get the extension from Europe, they may just go to what's called a no-deal Brexit, which basically means they're going to be flying blindly in March when it's supposed to happen with no deal, no strategy, no arrangements, and no nothing. Well, yeah, I, I, you got to wonder why she would want to be presiding over that. But uh, So here's the scenario that uh, some people were explaining to me the other day, and okay. it's, okay, the border. So at first we've seen statistics that even an extra few minutes for each truck at the border adds up to huge delays and long lineups. But yes. if there's no deal then nobody knows what has to happen at the border. So there are no no customs forms there. And if there are no customs forms there, the goods can't come in. And particularly in the winter, I mean, Britain imports goods and it exports services mostly. So, uh, So people are apparently now... Hoarding. Um, I heard, uh, you know, an Irish business person talking about that this is really messed up for Ireland. And also, even now, the fluctuation in the pound, uh, you know, having to adjust that that sometimes between the time that uh, an order is put through and that it's fulfilled, uh, they've lost 20 percent because of currency. So this looks like a, a a terrible mess, and, and that could cause considerable hardship for people there. Oh, it definitely could. Yeah, potentially, you're absolutely right. Well, the border issue is also a big deal, not just for Ireland. It was also an issue, as you know, as you may have discussed in your radio program, involving Northern Ireland as well, because there was basically a free flow of traffic at that point, and it was sort of understood or being debated at that time how it was going to basically be arranged, and they had come up with a a sort of loosey-goosey strategy that seemed to make sense. If Brexit just completely collapses, even that issue is no longer, you know, on the table, and no one knows how that's going to operate exactly. But you're right, in terms of something like hoarding, this is becoming a problem because a lot of people are very scared and concerned, and justifiably so, about what the next few days, weeks, months, etc. are going to look like. Now, you can certainly argue that maybe they're overreacting and that everything will settle down and work properly, but if there is a no-deal Brexit that goes through, which the likelihood is starting to increase, then it, it makes sense why people are doing this. They're hoarding food, everything from food to gold, so that they at least have something of either monetary value or something that they can eat and carry on from there. It's a very, very unfortunate situation. And like you, I have friends in Britain as well and contacts who just, whether they were for Brexit or against Brexit, they really don't know what the future looks like over the next few days. And as Parliament tries to decide not only Theresa May's fate, but Brexit's fate in general, um, you're going to see issues like hoarding become a real problem, and there'll be lots of run-ons in financial institutions, supermarkets, and various other places as people prepare for a worst-case scenario 
that may or may not ever occur. Uh, yeah, and some people are saying, you know, take a chill pill. It's not going to be that bad. Uh, a lot right. of companies have overstocked in anticipation of this because uh, it, it's not all a huge surprise. No, absolutely not. And you're right. They have overstocked and they overstocked based on the possibility, as you sort of alluded to, that everything would fall apart. Ergo, there needs to be something in place in case people start rushing towards everything to get every, anything they can get their hands on. As I said, whether it's of financial value or just something to eat. I understand that and I really get it. But yeah, is there a bit of overreaction? Absolutely. Um, no one knows what the future was going to be like, even if Brexit had gone through nice and smoothly and this vote from yesterday had not occurred. At the same time, I, I think you have to also be careful to sort of sense that Brexit is going to be for either the short term or the long term, the beginning of the end for Britain. This still is a very powerful economy. This is a country, one of the few in Europe and one of the few in the world that can survive on its own without a major trade deal or arrangement like a European Union, NAFTA or something of that effect. It's just the risk that if we've moved in our society to global markets and to basically these sort of massive unions of countries to actually work out trade deals, economic arrangements, and everything from just, say, putting a plug in the wall, it's obviously for a lot of people when they see a country about to leave something as large as the European Union, which is one of the biggest trading blocks in the entire world, there's always a risk involved, for sure. But will it turn out to be okay? It's 50-50. No one knows for sure. You can't predict the future. But to have this sort of run-on and this fear that everything is going to come collapsing and using kind of a chicken little type scenario, I don't know how much it benefits Britain. And certainly for the British pound, it's going to cause an enormous drop now and if this continues well into March. Uh, yeah, and just uh, we have, have a very short period of time left, but you would think that uh, if nothing else, Theresa May's government has been working on some plan B or C in case there is a no-deal Brexit, or is that too much to expect? Well, you know what? It may be too much to expect, and the reason for that is you're right. Logically, they should be. But one of the things that Ms. May said yesterday after she lost this vote by over two, by 230 votes is she said that, you know, obviously she was going to go back and work on a deal. But just to paraphrase, she's going to say, but I have no idea what Parliament wants me or expects from this deal. All I know is that you've rejected the deal in front of you that we've worked on for two years. They only have a logistical period of under now three days to come up with something new. Is it possible? Yes. Would you hope that they have some sort of a a plan B, plan C, a doomsday scenario, something in the background? You would certainly hope that they've been thinking along those levels. But based on the perplexed voice that Ms. Ms. May had yesterday and the confusion that was going on in the parliament, it almost makes you wonder if, yeah, they might have at least had some thoughts or maybe some scribbles on the wall, but not much else. And if that's the case, God knows where the next few days go. Okay, well, um, we will be watching, and uh, boy, uh, let's hope for the best for them. Michael Tobe, thanks so much for being with us. I agree, and thank you very much, Libby. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.